Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Welcome to The Best Bits with Lily and Alice. Just a quick trigger warning here. We do discuss elements of mental health uh, to do with anxiety in this episode. Uh, If that's something that you're struggling with at the moment and you'd prefer to skip this episode, then please feel free to do so. Um, We'll also provide some useful resources in the description below, but we send you all of our best. We begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians on the land in which we meet and pay our respects to elders past and present. We acknowledge the ongoing connection that Aboriginal people have to this land and recognise Aboriginal people as the original custodians on the land in which we meet. Hello, Al. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday. What's up? He's out on a Thursday. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) hello everyone (laughs) it's like um sorry guys um how are you lily i'm good i'm really good i had such a nice weekend yeah um we went hiking and we ate lots of nice food drank lots of nice beers it was a great weekend sounds divine hilarious Tell us why, Alice. Oh, why was it oh, just, Life is so random. And I just feel like I'm living this movie right now and I'm like observing myself and just laughing at myself because mm. I just feel like if you don't laugh, you'll cry, right? Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I'm laughing instead of crying. <laughs> it's it's so oh. true. And I feel like you have yeah. the best attitude for where you're at at the moment. Mm. In in terms of yeah, being brokenhearted, making the best of it, and then figuring out this new life. Like I think you have the best attitude towards it, and yeah, yeah. we laugh a lot at it. We laugh a lot at <laughs> laughing. It. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that I think that yeah. Apart from that, you know what? I think that um. Something that's really, really stuck with me over the past several months is like thinking 
and I think I shared this last time, like thinking of your life as this, this like, I don't know how to describe it, but like this, this thing that you're kind of like, you know, the universe already has a plan for you. Mm. So you're just there to like, just enjoy it. And mm. you're this, this being that's been placed on this earth. And I think you shared with this, this me, Lily, the other day, like this podcast by Jay Shetty. Um, and you've got one shot at this and the universe already knows and it has a plan for you. So mm. like you may as well just make the most of every single opportunity because at the end of the day, we're all going to end up the same, mm-hmm. you know, six feet underground, whatever, which mm-hmm. is so more to think, but like, why not just like let go and just mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah. Um, and experience all the feelings like, yeah, yeah. It's like, how cool is this? Like, I'm so sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and it, but like I get to feel sadness. I get to feel sadness and, you know, it's like the the smallest, smallest, smallest chance ever that you got to be on this earth. Like Yeah, one and, in a million. And now you get to feel all of these feelings and you get to experience all of these things and, yes, the, the heartache and the, and the struggles, they really, really suck. But sometimes just that change of perspective of, okay, but I get to feel this. I get to go through mm-hmm. this. I get to grow from this. It can help, but it is hard to change your perspective when you are in yeah. that. So, For sure. Yeah. 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 I think so. And, yeah, it's not to say that I'm always like when shit happens, I'm like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like <laughs> I get sad and I cry and I yeah. hate some aspects of things but like I think when you have this overall um perspective that like life's life's you know you it it will work out things Mm. will work out and things are okay and you know look you know there might be things that are going really badly or wrong but Mm. like look how many things are going right as well Mm, I think that's when you have Um, to lean on on your trust in mm. in the universe you know ultimately put your trust in that and lean on that and surrender to that it can help a lot and I don't know how people do it that don't believe in the universe and, and all of that kind of thing because I mm. need that like in moments yeah. where you're like so down and I have to believe that there's a plan and that yeah. it's meant to be and everything's happening as it's meant to be. Um, so, yeah, that definitely helps a lot. Uh, what's your quote yeah. for the week, Al? So my quote um, is – I, I apologize. I don't know who this is by, um, but alas, um, it's accept what is, let go of what was, and have faith in what will be. Mm. I repeat this to myself often because, you know, unfortunately, some things need to be, be let go of. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's so many things that will will come from that, and mm. you need to have faith in in that future and hope. Because that's really what, yeah, gets you, gets you there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. What about you? What's your uh, quote? My quote is, uh, "What you resist persists," mm. and I believe in that wholeheartedly. I think the more that you resist your internal feelings and you push them down, or you simply don't acknowledge them, the more they persist. But also, the more they persist and manifest in all different sorts of ways. Because I, I often think of like our, our internal feelings or our beliefs as things that just want to be seen and heard and acknowledged. And 
the less that you do that, the more they're like screaming in all these different ways to be seen, to be acknowledged and to be dealt with. And that's why, you know, lots of um, different patterns might show up in your life or, you know, recurring events or, or whatever it is because these things that are so desperately trying to be, to be dealt with um, just keep popping up. So I think, you know, I'm the biggest believer in dealing with your shit and dealing with the <laughs> stuff that's going on and not resisting it and not pushing it down. Um, so, yeah, what you resist persists is mine this week. Yeah, I love it. It's so simple but so true. Mm. It, and it comes across with everything, whether that be, you know, anxiety, which we're going to talk about today, but, like, also, you know, relationships mm-hmm. um, and 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 even finances and, and everything. If you resist what's sort of, you know, um, deep down, you know, it projects in so many different ways within your life. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to go away as yeah. much as you might want it to. Yeah, absolutely. Until you do- deal with it. Yep, you got to deal with, got to deal with your shit. <laughs> yep, amen, siswa, siswa. Okay, so Lily, today we're going to be talking about anxiety, um, yes. and we put some questions um, on our pages. I guess that that we wanted to answer from our listeners. Mm. Um, and we've got some really good ones, so we we're going to answer some, some really of them. Really good ones, really yeah. good ones. Um, but I guess we start with, you know, what is anxiety? Um, because it's something that I think, unless you know what it is, you just think there's kind of something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Um, so anxiety is that persistent feeling, persistent thoughts, um, about things typically based in the future, um, that are going to go wrong, uh, things that, you worry about that um, in a normal circumstance might not be completely rational um, and they make you feel, if there's if the thoughts aren't there, they can make you feel really uncomfortable within your body and they can cause all kinds of um, bodily sensations. So whether that's uh, heavy breathing, whether that's your heart going, whether that's like a, a yucky feeling in your gut. Sometimes people feel like they're going to faint. Um, and at the end of the day, what that is, is your body so badly trying to protect you. Um, and it's an evolutionary response. So from way back in the day when we had to be on guard, we had to be protecting ourselves from predators uh, as evolution works, um, you know, it's all designed to protect us. So we developed this function to be on guard so that we could protect ourselves. And in this day and age, we have that same brain, we have that same response, but our elements and our environment are completely different. So the lions, the, the tigers, the bears, the predators, they have now become our thoughts, our feelings, um, they've become, what did that person think of me? What's going to happen in the future? And we have the exact same response that we did to predators that were threatening our life. Um, so it's such an interesting and kind of magnificent thing that we have, but it sucks. It sucks at the same time and it can make you feel really, really uncomfortable. Um, 
yeah, what's, I guess, your experience with, mm. with anxiety or anything <clears throat> you want to add to that like, explanation? That was a perfect explanation, to be honest. Mm. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> um, and I think that one thing that's helped me with my anxiety is understanding what it actually is, Mm. um, which you kind of mentioned before is like, you know, when you know what's going on and the fact that your anxiety is more so a physiological and evolutionary Mm. reaction to what's going on in the external world, like Mm. it's kind of empowering because you're like, oh, that's nice. Thanks body for showing me this, but I know that I'm, I'm safe right now. Yeah. 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 And it can, yeah, it's, it's a funny one because it can show up in all different ways. Like, yeah, you can have the thoughts, um, but a lot of people don't even have the thoughts. They're like, I just feel funky and it consumes me and, you know, panic attacks. I, I remember having panic attacks um, when I was younger and having absolutely no idea what they were because I wasn't on on a conscious level stressed about anything or um really even thinking about anything but i would have these panic attacks and only in um in hindsight can i look back and think oh that was a panic attack as opposed to me thinking oh i was just like lightheaded or you know i was just um you know whatever it is um mm. so sometimes yeah you don't even know what's going on and it's not necessarily that anything stressful or any thoughts are plaguing you at that time. It can just come up out of nowhere. And and I guess that's, that's insane. from a subconscious level, you know, things, yeah, that we have perceived as, as painful or uncomfortable get stored in our subconscious mind and then they manifest in these protective mechanisms as, as we go through life, um, which is... Yeah, it's 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 purely at the basis of it a protective function, um, which is great, but not entirely helpful ever. No. <laughs> so why do people? Why do some people have anxiety and other people don't? Then yeah, it's such a good question um, because you know two people can go through the exact same experiences in childhood, but have completely different responses and reactions to it, and can develop into into anxiety or it can develop into into seemingly nothing um and I think the reason for that I think is just it's it's the feelings and the beliefs that you attach to to things at that time so you know we could have been you know say when we were younger um if we were you know siblings or we were you know mates or whatever we could be in a situation where you know maybe we're um, you know, we're out at the park and maybe there's, you know, someone there and one of us um, attaches, oh, that, that person over there is, is creepy. That person over there is, is trying to, you know, harm us. And then the other person can be like, oh, that's, that's just a person. And mm. from there, anxiety can develop or it can mean nothing at all. And, and a lot of the times it's just the littlest, littlest things that we attach fears, beliefs, feelings to when we're quite young, that we then take with us, you know, for for the rest of our lives, um, and that develops our our protective function. Um, mm. It's kind of an amazing thing. It is it is an yeah. amazing thing. Our our little minds, when a lot of anxieties develop, they don't have critical thinking and they don't have the ability 
to um, really dissect a situation and attach accurate feelings and beliefs to it. So, yeah, it's really important to to unpack that and to unpack the things that, that have caused the anxiety uh, to really get to the bottom of it and to really understand it on a whole other level to then identify it in, in your everyday life and to identify mm. if there's actually like things going on or if it's a past experience showing up in your adult world. Yeah. And then when you recognize the, the anxiety is a result of your body keeping score from a past experience, mm. it's so much easier to deal with. Hey, mm-hmm. absolutely. And this, you know, we have the power of neuroplasticity. We have the power to create new neural pathways. We have so much power within our, within our minds. Um, to take the power back. I kind of always think about it like that, taking the power mm. back over that anxiety. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you're able to understand it and recognize it in, in your everyday life, awareness is, is everything when it comes to, yeah. to, to anything in our, in our lives really. Um, what I do, and I know we're kind of skipping to tips, but we'll get into the questions. Whenever anxiety comes up for me lately, I, recognize I, I I take the time and I recognize okay this is coming from something from the past and as much as this is maybe reductive because you know when people say just relax just relax it's like you know it never really helps but I really yeah. I relax into that feeling yeah that that's a past experience mm-hmm. that's showing up in my present moment I relax into that and it's almost like the energy just shifts within you when you do that just that recognizing of it and relaxing into it and you almost immediately feel lighter. Um, so that's kind of my, what I'm doing at the moment, if anything comes up for me. Um, but yeah, what, what, what do you do, Al? I guess like, oh, for my anxiety, <clears throat> well, I've had anxiety since I was born mm. basically mm-hmm. I felt like I was just wired to mm. be an anxious brain. Um, and some people genuinely are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's not to say that I'm, like, accepting it and just, like, that's just part of me and I'm not doing anything about it. Like, for me, um, like, for example, I knew I had anxiety or my even my parents knew when I, I had this fear that, you know, my parents would die in the mm. night and I'd write them cards every night and be like, love you, love you, love you, oh. like, la, 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 la. So, like, you know, that's what happened and then I had – phobias. So I had a huge phobia of lifts, like elevators. Mm. I didn't go on my first elevator until I was, I think I was about 14 or 15. Mm. Um, I had a fear of flying. I had a fear of heights. I had a fear of if I was in the car with my family and we were going somewhere, I had to know exactly where we were going. I had to Mm. know, okay, show me on the map where we're going. So like Mm -hmm. that was my anxiety as a child. And then it kind of developed into I guess, generalized anxiety in the sense of like just huge perfectionism um, Mm. and this kind of overwhelming fear with a lot of things. Um, Mm. And um, now I guess my anxiety is is managed through multiple – tools that I have right now in I have I'm on medication which we'll talk about in a moment Mm. um, around medication and anxiety Mm -hmm. and also therapy so I see my counselor or psychologist um every three weeks at the moment which is really Mm. helpful journaling has been really useful as well for me um Mm. but I think the biggest thing has just been knowing why Mm. and understanding 
my anxiety a lot more and holding my power and getting my power back and knowing like, Hey, thanks so much body for, for helping Mm. me. But, um, you know, I don't need you today or, you know, come along the ride. Like I'll, I'll, I'll do my day with my anxiety. Um, and yeah. Well, not resisting it, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And not kind of smothering it with like keeping busy all the time Mm. or like, you know, doing all these things. It's like, I can sit with it and like, that's okay. It's not going to, it's not going to rule me. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Yeah. Let's get into questions. So there was a lot of questions that came up, Lily, in mm. the um, question box around social anxiety, mm-hmm. which I'm not I'm not in- incredibly privy to. Um, mm. And you might be more, I guess, um, knowledgeable in that space. So the, I guess the questions were more so like, how do you deal with it? And, mm. you know, what, what do you do in those moments where you feel your anxiety coming up in those social settings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Social anxiety is a big one. And I almost feel like it's one that well, in the in the sessions that I have with my clients is kind of comes up that it's almost something that is a bit embarrassing because you, you know, the, the thought, the train of thought is, well, I'm an adult, like I should be able to interact with people. I should be able to socialize without feeling all of these feelings. Like there's a lot of shame attached to social anxiety, which I find, you know, really interesting. Um, so, you know, if anyone does have social anxiety out there, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It doesn't mean anything about you or, you know, or who you are. It's just a protective function going on, on within you. Um, and it's one that is incredibly common, you know, probably, um, you know, who, <laughs> half the people that you're socializing with probably all thinking the same things that you are thinking. Um, but really it's the, it's the, the persistent sort of, of worry about what other people are thinking, um, about you, uh, what you're saying. Um, it can even be just, you know, being in big crowds can, can feel claustrophobic and it can get to the point where, you know, people just avoid, avoid going out altogether. Um, always, you know, coming up with excuses as to why they can't, they can't go out and socialize. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a big one. And, you know, my tip is is, for that is always, we've got to get to the root of it and we've got to understand that, but things that you can do in, in the moment to like get you prepped, um, calming your nervous system before you go and do something like that. So a lot of the time when, you know, you have social anxiety and you go out, um, you're on this like, you know, uh, almost like adrenaline, you're, you're, you're stressing out. And so to make sure that you take that time before you go and do something to calm your nervous system down, whatever that is for you. So a lot of people, you know, like breathing and meditating, that's a great thing, but you know, it could be just like listening to a podcast. It could be watching a funny show that makes you laugh um, doing something to just calm yourself down before you go and do that. So you're walking in, you know, with a calm nervous system, um, being aware of, of what's actually going on within you. Um, and that there's nothing that's going to harm you there. So reminding yourself, I'm safe. Everything's okay. Thank you body for trying to protect me. Thank you mind for trying to protect me, but I'm okay. Um, constantly reminding yourself of that, but also you know, just like with any kind of exposure therapy, 
uh, start small and build yourself up. Go out for coffee with a friend that you trust. Um, surround yourself with people that you feel comfortable with and slowly introduce, you know, um, bigger social outings. Um, just, yeah, just to kind of, yeah, build yourself up to that. But know that it's incredibly normal and people are just thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you. <laughs> They're not thinking about what mm. you're saying, what you're, um, what you look like, what you're wearing or, you know, whatever it is. They're not thinking about that. They're thinking about themselves. Um, and I think realizing that and yeah, realizing that people are a lot more self-involved than we think, <laughs> um, often helps in that area, I think. Um, so yeah, those are, those are some things that you can do in that moment, but you know, with anxiety, it's, yeah, I think it's something that we need to, you know, be unpacking more and getting mm. more to the core of it. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And social anxiety, what's the difference between, I know this is, might be a silly question, but like just being shy and having Ooh. social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think they get overlapped a lot. Mm. I think a lot of people that we think are sh- just shy have social anxiety. Mm. Um, yeah. That's kind of disguised as shyness. Um mm. But then, yeah, people that are shy, I, I guess the big difference would be what's going on in their mind as opposed to someone with social anxiety. So, sure, yeah. Um, you know, the big thing with social anxiety is, is overanalyzing and overthinking, you know, what other people are thinking of you and what, you know, what was that thing that you just said and, you know, just over overthinking all of these things. Whereas I guess with people that are just shy, that's probably not there. Um, but yeah, I think there's a big overlap and yeah, probably a lot of the people that we just assume are shy actually have social anxiety. That's interesting. That's what I would, I would think. Um, Mm. but yeah, not entirely, entirely sure. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Hey, Mm. um, there was a a few questions as well early on, like appetite fluctuations with anxiety Mm. um and more so like when you're super anxious why do we lose our appetite Mm. and um I guess like to answer that there's a multiple reasons Mm. but if you think about it like what Lily said before around when we were you know back in the day when we're running away from tigers and lions Mm. and bears um if we were to have an appetite in those moments we would be using a lot more energy digesting Mm. food that we we actually should. Mm-hmm. Um, and that energy needs to be re- reserved to run away from those mm-hmm. tigers and lions and bears. And so one of the protective mechanisms is to reduce appetite. Hence we don't eat as much. Hence we have more energy for running away from those tigers, mm-hmm. lions and bears. Um, and then there's a couple of other reasons, like if your cortisol and adrenaline's really, really high, sometimes that reduces appetite because of the, I guess the hormonal fluctuations as mm-hmm. well. Um, and psychologically, I think, you know, you're not as privy or you're not as, you're not as, um, uh, I guess you don't have, maybe your, your, your mind is being taken up by thoughts around Mm -hmm. what's going on that you don't really have the mental creativity or desire to even eat. Mm. Um, it seems like more of a task than anything else. So there's a a few things that go on 
as a result of that. But it's really common. And unfortunately, as much as you might not want to eat, it is very important to, especially if the anxiety is more so a chronic thing. So Mm. for example, if you're going through a breakup, um, we hear this all the time where you go through a breakup, you just don't want to eat. And I certainly can and confirm that that is definitely true. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. <laughs> but not eating, not eating is really, really not a great idea mm-hmm. because it often increases the anxiety, mm-hmm. and then there's a physiological reaction as well, like low blood pressure, low blood sugar, dizziness, which also escalates the the anxiety symptoms as well. So. Mm-hmm. You can't um, think as clearly. And- you can't think yeah. as clearly, yeah. Brain fog, everything like that. So it's not great, um, but as well, it's really hard to to mm-hmm. eat if you yeah. do have those feelings, especially, you know, the nausea or just like low appetite. And yeah. I have clients um, who do struggle with lack of appetite when they're anxious. And mm-hmm. oftentimes something that I suggest is just like going plain Jane and simple is always best. So You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. For example, like, you know, eat your your toast and Vegemite, have pasta with cheese on top for lunch and maybe have some eggs with some toast for dinner. Mm. So being as plain as as possible because those – those really adventurous, flavoursome foods can often be quite repulsive yeah. when we do have them and we when we do feel that nausea or that lack of appetite because of anxiety. Yeah. Um, reducing, obviously, your, your caffeine intake because your adrenaline is always mm. – or your cortisol is skyrocketing already. Yeah. So reducing that, you probably don't feel like that anyway when you're super anxious <laughs> and you have a low appetite. Um, and oftentimes I find as well really high-fat foods can make us feel a bit ill. So reducing those too. And um, if we do have a low appetite, smaller frequent meals can also be really beneficial. So rather than having your big breakfast, your big lunch, your big dinner, having like a small breakfast, snack, small lunch, snack, small dinner, Mm -hmm. snack, um, because you're less likely to feel that full feeling and that can make us feel even worse. Yeah, that's so interesting. Would you recommend Mm. for people with chronic anxiety to – avoid caffeine altogether or are there certain things like they should avoid completely? Good question. My psychologist calls coffee anxiety juice um, because coffee is and any sort of caffeine um, containing beverages do or can heighten anxiety in people who are prone to it because of, I guess, you know, there's heaps of um, reasons, but mainly the, the, the caffeine in the coffee. Um, 
But however, I, I I don't think it's a hard and fast rule that if you have anxiety, you shouldn't drink coffee. I just think you just need to be cautious with it. And especially if your anxiety is heightened, having you know your, your, your daily coffee might not be a good idea in those moments. So just being really cautious around that. And I guess like if there's any foods to avoid, I wouldn't necessarily say so. There's not one food that's going to cause anxiety. However, if we think about anxiety and the you know, the physiological symptoms, right? So for example, increased heart rate, dizziness, brain fog, we want to avoid foods that might exacerbate those things. So high sugar foods might exacerbate those feelings because of the the, the rises in blood sugar and the, the drops in blood sugar. Um, things like, you know, not having enough water can cause headaches, which may exacerbate the, the feelings of anxiety even more and those headaches as a result of it. Um, foods that are really, really... Um, low in fiber. So for example, those more refined breads or passes or cereals, because they enter our digestive tract and our bloodstream, all the sugars in there enter our bloodstream really quickly. And that can cause a rise in, in glucose and then a drop in glucose. Um, and then I guess like in conjunction with that, there are some foods also sort of patterns of eating that might support mental health, which has actually been studied, which is super cool. So there was a smiles trial. It was called, um, done, uh, several years ago, I believe, um, and it showed that the Mediterranean style of eating, um, which I'll go into in a moment, is supportive of um, mental health, in particular depression, but also anxiety. And it actually showed in some instances that being on a Mediterranean type style diet was as supportive um, to mental health as antidepressants. What? Um, in the population group. I know. So That's super interesting. Incredible. Yeah, yeah there's, there's lots of reasons um, as to why, but the Mediterranean diet is essentially like, you know, um, eating healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not the extravagant. So it's yeah. basically just like having a wider variety of plant-based foods. So plant-based mm-hmm. meaning like beans, legumes, grains, um, fruits, vegetables, and then also reducing heaps of red meat, reducing your processed foods, your, your added sugars, your added um, uh, saturated oils or fats, and then increasing your unsaturated fats. So olive oils in particular, nuts and seeds and reducing, um, your, what's the other thing? Reducing, um, I can't remember what the other thing is. I don't even know. Anyway. So yeah, basically just eating healthy. Um, and, yeah, essentially because of the high antioxidant content of those foods and the high omega-3 content, which is in the fats um, right. and the multitude of other vitamins and minerals, then that is supportive of your mental health. So there's not really one thing that causes anxiety or reduces anxiety, yeah. but eating well is really important. Um, yeah. And then when you do have those acute reactions or those acute symptoms, then just being smart about it, reducing your mm. caffeine, reducing your processed foods, mm. increasing your good, you know, healthy um, foods rich in fiber, et cetera. Yeah. You know. And I guess also when you're just taking care of yourself, you know, by mm. eating healthy, you it, it's almost like a sense of achievement. And yeah. that adds to to your overall well being as well. And and you feel better for that. So it's like just one less thing that you have to feel anxious about, I guess. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. do feel it's a snowball effect. Yeah. You, like, you so. eat well, you want to move your body, you want to look after yeah. yourself, you want to sleep well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. When I think Mediterranean diet, I just think lots of Greek salads. <laughs> well, that's that's what you think Mediterranean style of yeah. eating is like yeah. people who are within the Greek islands and Italy. Yeah. So yeah. just think that sounds fish, pretty bloody good to me. Salad, yeah, octopus <laughs> on the beach. 
yeah. with no alcohol. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, or actually, though, red wine is has been shown to have some benefits, but not excessive, just like once every couple of days. Okay. Good quality red wine, not, you know, Good. the stuff you buy from Audi. Um, yeah, okay. So <laughs> um, the other question that came up quite a lot, yeah. uh, Lily, which mm. I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing, but it's about mm. medita- medications and how mm. medications can help support, um, in particular, anxiety. Absolutely. I think for so long I was, um, you know, when I was younger, I was of the train of thought, which is the stigma around medication that if you go on that, you become this zombie and you become someone that's, um, you know, you you change so much and, and it's almost like a, um, I think there's a real stigma around it that it's like a lazy thing to do that you're yeah. not working yourself, you just like pop a pill and, you know, that's all you're willing to do kind of thing. Um, and then for me, when I was oh, 18, 18, 19, I went on medication um, as a way to deal with my OCD. So my the medication that I take is 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 for OCD, but that co- OCD causes a lot of anxiety. Mm. So I think they're very interchangeable. Isn't that um, a subset of anxiety anyway? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all very linked. Um, and I yeah, I went on medication because I had I had really dealt with my eating disorder, and that was like really good. But then this OCD was showing up in all these other ways, and as much work as I would do on myself, it's, it was just, it felt impossible for me to just have a clear mind, you know, and to not be consumed by things. And I think at that point I was like, I, I just need a break. Like I can't get a break. And I went on medication and with so much fear, with so much fear as to what that was going to do to me or, you know, what that was going to look like, how I would change and the only thing it did was just give me a bit of a break. Like, that's it. I'm still the exact same person. I'm still on that medication to this day. Um, I went off it for about a year and I just noticed all these little OCD tendencies coming up um, that I didn't want. And for me, that was just, it was just the thing that, you know, I needed. And I'm so grateful to medication. I think I think we have a long way to go when it comes to the overall perception of medication and and the stigma around it and we really need to be breaking that because medication for so many people can be life-changing. I I never think that it should be the first point of call. I think you need to be doing the internal work, but sometimes it takes being on medication to be able to do the internal work because if you don't have that clear clear mind you're not going to be able to do a whole lot of really effective work on yourself and so for me medication enabled me to just like work more on myself and become more of who I'm meant to be and yeah it's it's been a a game changer for me what about you Al? Mm. thanks for sharing that's amazing um so I'm on medication for my anxiety at the moment too. And I have a history of, I guess my history started with medication when I was, um, I think I was 15 actually. 
And I, after um, some family stuff happened, I got incredibly anxious and just wasn't myself. And so my doctor put me on this medication. I had no idea that it was antidepressant. They're like, this will make you feel better. I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. Um, I, I don't agree with that approach at all. Um, but I would, was young and I didn't know what to do. So I went on this medication and I don't know if it helped because I was just so oblivious to everything yeah. um, at that time. Fair enough mm-hmm. at 15 and on antidepressants, yeah. but I was on them for, I think it was until I was 18. And then I didn't want to take them anymore. So when I went overseas, mm-hmm. I didn't take a script <laughs> and I just stopped them one day, oh, no. which was the dumbest thing Never a 17-year-old girl yeah. overseas in Europe backpacking yeah. by herself not taking her depressant antidepressant medication not ideal yeah. but um I didn't have a choice because I didn't have a script and mm-hmm. I just stopped taking them so um I then got back to Australia and I went to Melbourne to study my degree mm-hmm. and I didn't go on medication by that point. I was still off it and I felt like going off it just cold turkey. How did that affect you? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. It was horrible. Yeah. It was, but I, I just didn't, I was so immune to my emotions by that point. And I was so used to just being so scattered all the time and just like, I just didn't really think anything of it. I didn't get like the classic, um, brain zaps or anything like that, yeah. but I, I'll tell you about that in a moment, yeah. but um, I just felt incredibly anxious. I was crying. I was upset, but I was like, oh, it's probably because I'm away in Europe by myself, yeah. whatever. And I, because I didn't have anything to do as such, I didn't have to study. I didn't have to like work. It was like easier because I was like, oh, I just feel like shit today, but I'm just going to walk around the Taj Mahal, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was interesting. But then I, I was in, in my second year of uni mm. And I honestly thought like, so I, for example, I remember there was one pivotal moment in in my degree where I walked into the lecture theater, the lecturer started talking and I bawled my eyes out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And I just went outside and just bawled my eyes out. One of my mates came up to me and said, Al, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm so stressed. Like, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, by that point I was like, I've hit a you know, I've hit a brick wall. Like I can't manage my anxiety at the moment. Um, so I went to the doctor the next day and she put me on an SSRI, which is a serotonin, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which is a really classic style of medication for anxiety. Mm. And, um, I started it when I was, I think I was 21 by that time, maybe 20. Um, and I just remember like starting it and I just like felt a bit blank. I was like, "Mm, I don't think this is for me. Mm -hmm. So, I went back to the doctor and she was like, all right, let's try another one. I was like, okay, whatever. I was like totally not keen, but I was very desperate. So I just tried another one and um, I was on that and I was like, okay, I feel good. Like I still feel anxious. I've still got like lots of anxiety and, you know, anxious tendencies, but I feel like the edge has been taken off, which I think for the most part, that's what they do. They don't change you as a person. They just take that mm. that edge off, which is so important because you're right, Lily, like you can't, if you have this like fog in your brain, if you have this like heightened, constant heightened state of anxiety, it is mm. incredibly, incredibly hard to work through your tools. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I felt that way. And so then when I, it was last year, beginning, no, actually, no, it was the beginning of this year. I was in a really um, supportive relationship. I felt really settled. I felt really happy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start going off them. Mm. I feel like this is the right time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so first of January, 2022, I, um, started to wean off them and weaning off them. Very important. Very important. (laughs) Learn from my mistakes. Um, so I went, weaned off them and I remember the side effects were horrible. Like I would get brain zaps, which Mm -hmm. is a really common side effect for weaning off them. And like where my brain felt like it was being electrocuted, Mm -hmm. it was that that significant. And I felt so, I just felt my, I felt like I was floating on a cloud for like a good two weeks. Um, but then I kind of went off them. Um, and after a few weeks, um, you know, I felt okay, but then in like a few months later, I kind of just got really sad. Like I just got really, and I honestly think I had an element of like kind of depression for a moment. Um, and I didn't blame the lack of medication until a couple of months later when Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, mm. this could be it, hey. And my psych was like, hey, Al, like, you know, stop trying to be the tough kid, like yeah. go back on them. And I was like, no. And she's like, dude, like you may as well. And I was like, okay, fine. Went back on them, still on them. And I kid you not, I don't think I'll go off them for a very long time because yeah. it's I'm just – I'm me when I'm on them. Mm. And it sounds so weird, but like I feel like the same person when I'm off them and on them, but I feel like I have – I have capacity when I'm on them yes. um, and I have creativity and I have, I'm, I'm just my best self when I'm on them. Mm-hmm. I don't feel numb. I still cry. I still am yeah. incredibly happy. Um, but I just don't feel this overwhelming fear and this stress and my heart's beating out of my chest 24 seven. I just feel calm. Yeah. So yeah, that's my yeah. history of medications. <laughs> and I think that's a really, um, that's a really good story for, for us to have here as well that it if you have made the decision to go on medication and you you've done that with your doctor and you know you feel like it's a it's the decision for you the medication that you go on might not be the right one at the start and i think i was just really really lucky that i went on it you know never had any side effects never had any any thing where i needed to like make tweaks or anything like that um, but for a lot of people, you know, that is, that is something that needs to happen. Um, so yeah, it, it can be trial and error. Um, but I even think, you know, the name, you know, SSRIs, you mm-hmm. know, they're a form of antidepressants. It's like, you know, I'm not going on this cause I'm depressed. I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. on this yeah. because, you know, I have anxiety or I have, you know, OCD or I have, you know, all of these other things. And I think just lumping it into depression is is kind of what builds yeah i find it so strange too yeah i think it's yeah yeah i think it's really something that we need to be destigmatizing in society which i think has come a long way um and i think the fear is there that oh well then you know everyone will just go on them and it's that's not the case going on medication is a huge huge step that takes a lot of consideration and it's never something Mm -hmm. that you want to do it's never like oh I'm so excited to go on this medication it's something yeah yeah, Yeah. it's something you feel that you need and yeah I yeah if there's anyone out there that feels ashamed by that or or whatever just it's just it's just completely you know not true and you shouldn't feel that way yeah Um, yeah. and I I was talking to my doctor about this the other day and I was like because I was getting my mental health care plan for my psychologist Mm. and She's like, oh, how's it going? I was like, yeah, like it's just really expensive and it's stressing me out. She's like, you know what, Al? Like some people have to pay for physios. Some people have to pay for optometrists. Mm -hmm. You've just got to pay for a psychologist. And I was like, no, 
actually, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's actually a fair point. Mm-hmm. And even with medication, right? Like some people have to go on medication for their blood pressure or their diabetes or, uh, you know, whether that be, I don't know, pain medication for their endometriosis. Like, mm-hmm. and we've just got to be on medication for how our brain is wired. And yeah. it's not like we're giving up. It's not like we're like, ah, hands up in the air, yeah. fix me through medication. I'm not doing any other work. You have to do work you when you're on medication. It's so important, mm. but this medication helps you, gives you the opportunity and the space to allow for you to work through yeah. things that are potentially dysregulated. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, every brain is different and some are just wired a little bit differently and they just need a little bit of help and that's completely normal. Um, mm. Was there any other questions that we had there? Not really. Um, there was a lot about how to deal with it, which we kind of touched on before, but yeah. I guess we can summarize now about yeah. how, how as a general rule um, or a, a recommendations on how to deal with your anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think overall finding what works for you. So the deal with anxiety is that you've got to be calming yourself and you've got to be calming your nervous system and and finding what works for you. So for me, that is meditation and that's committing to meditation. That is doing, you know, the self-work to unpack what's going on and to understand it on a on a on a really deep level because that awareness for me brings about a lot of change. Um, it's movement. So finding, you know, times within my day to do, do some movement, even if that's just, you know, a walk or, you know, taking Millie for a walk or, or whatever that is. Um, yeah, those are the big ones for me. But, yet, yeah, like I said at the start, um, recognising that it is from – typically, you know, a, a past experience that's coming up and, and my, my internal, you know, um, protective mechanism is, is trying to stop that from happening again. Um, I realize that and I relax into that. I almost like take like a sigh of like, okay. And I tell myself I'm safe and I just allow that. It sounds, you know, woo woo whatever, but I allow that energy to like move through my body and to flow through my body. And for it to be released. I'm not resisting it. I'm not pushing it down. I'm not even justifying with it really. I'm just allowing it and I'm relaxing into that feeling and I really find that that just releases it for me. So that's what I'm doing lately. Um, but probably the biggest thing for me has been meditation with with anxiety. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a big one for me. I also do regular hypnotherapy. I, you know, I have my hypnotherapist that I go to. I do that, you know, a lot. And that is, yeah, that's a game changer as well. So those are the things that I do. Mm. Um, but yeah, what do you, what's, what's your go-to, Al? Um, also I'm going to plug you, Lily, but Lily does hypnotherapy for people with anxiety. So, and she's amazing. (laughs) Sorry, but I had to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so for me, uh, I think my toolbox has changed over the years, um, I, but I think that there's been things that have stayed very similar. So one thing is movement, um, and I think of movement as um, things that kind of, um, for me, my anxiety um, feels quite 
energetic. And so moving for me kind of releases a lot of energy from my body, which helps me manage it every day. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that I have to go do a HIIT workout every day or anything, but moving my body in a way that feels good for me at that time. So whether that be a swim in the ocean, whether that be a bike ride, whether that be a HIIT session, a strength session, a yoga session, a Pilates session, something like that to kind of turn me within my body um, and also release energy. Um, For me as well, talking to people is so powerful. So when I'm anxious, I I, I know I, I, I brought this up before, but when I was going through my breakup and I was really struggling with anxiety, talking to people and releasing my anxiety and and in a way sort of sharing it really, 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 really helped me. Um, And when I didn't have people around me, I would voicemail on my phone or journal to kind of get it off my, off my chest. um, And like get it out of your body into the, into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Into the world. And like, my psychologist said this, um, trying to solve a problem in your head is like putting up a tent in a tornado. You just can't do it. And so putting it on paper or sharing it is really, really useful. Um, and I think as well, like for me, nature is so grounding. So if I'm anxious, I just go outside or I, I walk on the beach or, or I just go in the forest or something like that, which really grounds me. Um, and, I guess it connects and, and with I guess you more than yourself. Myself, yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing is, you know, eating well. And that doesn't mean that I have to eat perfectly, but like not being an asshole to myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if I'm having a shit day, like it's very easy for me to turn to like having chocolate for lunch and like yeah. nothing for dinner or like just, you know, just being snacking all day because I just don't have an appetite. It's like, come mm. on, like, you know, you need to eat well. So like yeah. eating really nourishing, filling foods um, and meals is is super important and making sure that I drink enough water because I am absolutely mm. terrible at it. Mm-hmm. But I do notice my anxiety heightens when I don't drink enough water. Wow. So I know it. Yeah. Um, I think it's because of the brain fog and I my body thinks brain fog, anxiety, okay, gives me a little danger, bit of an anxiety danger. plate. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, but yeah, those are things I do. Yeah. Um, so really, I guess it's all comes down to connection, whether that be with people or, or the earth mm. and moving, um, and then reflection. So whether that be yeah. through journaling or, or voicemails or whatever, mm. taking some time to understand what's going on. Um, mm. so then I can self-soothe the, appropriately. Yeah. I think that's, that's all so good. And I think the big thing is, is that you have to commit to it you can't kind of do it half-hearted you've got to you've got to put in place your routines and the things that you need to do to make you feel good and whether that's what we do or it's you find your own little routine stick to it commit to it and over time you'll notice the benefits it's sometimes not something that's like immediate immediately relieving but over time you will really really feel that those are the things that work for you um, so yeah, just committing to that. Um, mm. but just knowing that you're just, as with anything, you're just so not alone. Like you yeah. may feel like you are the only person in the world that has to go through this and, you know, it can definitely feel like that, but you're, you're certainly not. And yeah, reaching out to people like people that are in professions, you know, like, like me or like you or like the psychologists, the, you know, everything that's out there, they are specifically in their jobs to help people that are struggling with what you're going through. They want to help you, you know, reach out and 
yeah, the, the benefits of it are huge, life-changing, life-changing. Life-changing, absolutely, yeah. And there's, you know, there are free resources online. So, like, if you are struggling with, you know, um, with with anxiety or even sort of any sort of mental illness, Mm. um, Lifeline, for example, Mm -hmm. is a really good resource to reach out to if you're feeling like that you have – no one to turn to in those moments um so there are like acute settings too um but then as well within australia i don't know about anywhere else but within australia they do have mental health care plans that you can be eligible for uh, which gives you rebate from medicare for every psych session that you do attend so there are options out there um it can be a little bit pricey but um you know i guess um there are options and and um you're not alone at all and there are people that can help yeah yeah, we'll put a um, couple of resources as well in the show notes as to you yes, know, yeah, things that um, we find helpful. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's about I it. Think that's today. it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. yeah, and thanks for submitting all your questions. We yes. really, really appreciate it. And thanks for listening, and thanks for subscribing and rating and and all that stuff. We we are so excited to just release these these conversations um, yeah. and can't wait for what we have to share for the next future of yeah. of, of the best bits. Yeah. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. Um, very exciting. Yeah. Thank you guys so much yeah. and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.